If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. So how does your life show it? Let's talk about that next. So how do we know we are saved? What is the response to salvation by grace alone? Well, as we'll see today, we have been saved unto works, and when those works start working themselves out, well, then you've got your answer, don't you? Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Join us here in Ephesians. And at the close of our program, I've got more information about our Truth For Today listener celebration June 4th. So I have a calendar handy. I'll tell you all about it. For now, here's Pastor Phil. Why do you think we do nursery? Well, Lynn and Susan, some of those guys, they don't have anything to do. Shoot. They don't like to hear us preach anyway. It's a way to get out of church. We do it so women can be set free to hear the word of God and get equipped to serve and to discover what it can be to have an hour and a half of worship without having to be distracted by their children. Is that right? Will there be any reward for working in nurseries? Why don't more of you women work in it then? Why don't you help us out? Children's ministry. Do, do, do any of you have your kids in children's ministry? No, oh, not very many. Good night. We only had 300 kids last week. <laughs> Somebody was here last week that's not here this week then. It's bad that you won't own, won't own your own kids in the morning service. Somebody get that woman crawling out right back there. Get her. Hey, somebody's bringing some kids. And did you know that if we didn't have an evening service, all of those that are over there this morning who stay there year in and year out many times, we sometimes give them three months on, three months off, they never get into a service. They come back at night so they can have a time of worship. Why should they be investing in your kids? Is there any reward to that? Or is this just we don't have enough to do with our adults so we invent ministries? No. They think that if you could reach a kid whose daddy is a drunk and their mother's not saved and this is the only place they can come or their parents are too lazy to teach the Bible at home, maybe we can reach them. And we don't pay anybody. They're all volunteers. Now I see people around here, I, I want to serve, I don't know where to serve. You haven't asked too many questions. You all want to replace me. No, you can't have it. <laughs> want to check in children's ministry. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't have the gift. There is no gift for children. <laughs> Spiritual gifts are not age-oriented. Oh, I have the gift to deal with the clean and the upright and the nice. I, God just hadn't called me to work with third graders. In junior high, God forbid he called me to that. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of my teenager. <laughs> hey, if you don't get involved, if you ever see a sign, we no longer offer this, it'd be because saints who don't want to do good works aren't willing to keep doing it. You need to write a card to whoever your Sunday school teacher is, 
whoever the youth leader is, whoever's taking care of you, you ought to at least write them a card. You are being used of God to help make a difference in my kid's life. Would that be the least you could do? I wonder what they do in nursery. If you ever showed up instead of griping about your baby wasn't changed just right, you handed them a card. Thanks for enabling me to have an hour and a half free worship time. Thanks. Our two primary overseers there don't have one kid at home that needs their help. They're all adults. Well, they paid me a hundred bucks to say that. I had to get off my chest. <laughs> you owe me, Lynn. Pay me later. Two, uh, about good works. Good works is a comprehensive term that is a synonym for obedience to God. Good works is not just doing service. It's an overall term for just obedience. We were saved to obey God. A little bit of um, redundancy three, so we'll go to it. Good works give evidence of authentic saving faith. There is a demonic faith that claims to know, but never affects any change. Listen to what James 2, 14 says. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds? Can't such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Just saying you believe and you won't work, demons got that kind of faith. James is saying, a faith that does not work is a faith that does not save. Now, didn't I not preach strong on the grace of God last week? And you all said, "Woo, he was abiding with God. This week you think I'm semi-mad. I'm not. It's just the other side of the equation. You're saved by grace. You could have done nothing to earn your salvation. But God created you now to do the good works he wants to keep being done in the earth. He said in Matthew that uh, you know the tree by the fruit it bears. So... Good works are evidence of an authentic faith. Two, or rather number four, every believer has been supernaturally gifted to do special beneficial works for the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. God has bestowed a special grace on you so that in some areas of spiritual giftedness, you can excel in doing good deeds, giving, serving, ministry, helps, uh, teaching, preaching. It's marvelous. But, but don't let that get you locked into your little giftedness. There's a whole lot of stuff he saved you to do besides your gift. He wants you to do these commands. If you love me, you'll obey me. I created you in me to carry out a life of obedience. But God has gifted every one of you that are his children to contribute something special to the body of Christ. I don't know what your gift is. Uh, I won't even argue about what gift you think you have or don't. Are you using it? Manifest it. I tell you, I don't know what it is to be saved and not serve. I, it, it's an anomaly. 
Yeah, I mean, the first thing I did is handed out song books at the back as people came in. My brother Paul showed me that. Next thing, I was teaching a third grade boys class. Next thing, I was doing junior church. That's age 16. Uh, then I'm doing this or that. By the time I'm 17, I'm gone every summer because I'm preaching all summer. I mean, that happened from 16 on. Uh, what is it? I mean, it was junior church. Hannah, we, we did these spaghetti dinners all the time for the youth group. And man, uh, we worked. Uh, we knocked on doors in South Richmond. Our church was down there cutting. After we did these uh, dinners and things, my brother and I would hand out tracks all day Saturday. If we got a little bored sitting around the house, let's go hand out tracks. Let's go knock on doors. Let's invite people to church. You know, that, that kind of a spiritual agitation. Some of you getting agitated, you just run down to Starbucks. Why don't you start handing out tracts? You'll get over it. You don't need a fix. You need to do something for God. And drink Starbucks on the way if you want. We just hand out a tract. You need to, God, you need to go to God's gym and start working out. We've got too many saints who are like a bad photograph, overexposed and underdeveloped. You need to get developed. You need some exercise in the body. Get that blood going. Get over it. Ever since I get this diabetes, you can watch diet all you want. I got to walk 30 minutes a day just to get that blood sugar down. Some of you got too much sugar in your blood. You're too sweet because you ain't doing enough. Get involved with a couple of rowdy kids and then to balance out the sugar in your personality. He said in Matthew, I know you want to see this passage. Matthew 5, good works show off or display the heavenly father. Verse 14, Matthew 5, 14. For 13, you are the salt of the earth. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. And you don't put this light under a bowl. You put it on a stand, it gives light to everyone. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Now here it is, and praise who? You? Praise your father. See, the motive is not, I'm trying to impress you with all the good stuff I can do. Matter of fact, a lot of times people will give money anonymously and it's their attempt. They don't want any credit. Uh, we tell people to give by check and at least... Let's give you a receipt. But sometimes when you want, you're, you just don't want anyone to even know it. You give someone personally. Because a lot of times it's this motive. I just want my father to get the credit. God met the need. I, I'm not trying to get credit. That's beautiful. And that's what Jesus said. We're salt and light. Now, hear me. This is profound. The salt was not made for the shaker. The salt is no good in the shaker. You got to get it out. And some of you are in the shaker. You, you think you're serving God just because you make it here. And if I go to 1210, you said, I will get a double crown. A long service, you think, is your Christian reward. Hey, the salt has got to get into the meat. The salt doesn't preserve anything if it doesn't get out of the shaker. The light doesn't do any good under a bowl. You stand in your house and all your neighbors see is your garage door going up and down. They say, we don't know what he does, but that door is wore out. He's going to so many meetings. I don't want to get to know my neighbors. Praise some, 
Saved people will move next door. Then I won't have to witness. Because we don't know what to do if a pagan moves in there. They might not know God, you know, and they might get loud, have some loud parties. Would you ever put any salt in their life? You do the deeds that the Father can get the credit. We're saved to show off the master product maker. The product shows off the producer. I created you to do stuff I outlined from the foundation of the world. Good things I want to get done through you. Finally, look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. This is a whole study, the believer and a life of works and service. But let me read to you this passage. Begin with verse 9. So we make it our goal to please him whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Speaking of believers, this is not the white throne judgment to be sentenced for eternity to the lake of fire. This is a judgment seat and the term was used, it was an athletic reward stand. It's where you gave the gold medals as it were at the Olympics. So he picked athletic language here for believers. So he's saying, for we must all appear before maybe the award stadium, the award platform, if you thought of it that way. The Bema seat where the judge of the events will hand out rewards. That's the idea. Not penalty for sin, but evaluation of how well you ran the race. And we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or worthless. And he uses a description in 1 Corinthians of two kinds of works. One he calls wood, hay, and stubble. The other is gold, silver, precious stone. And the thing that distinguishes them is one is consumed by fire, the other fire can never get rid of it. It stands the test. And he says, every one of us as believers are going to appear before Christ and Christ is saying, I've got all the works you've done in your body since you've been a Christian. I forgave you of everything you did before you were saved, but this is all that you've done in the body since you've been a Christian. And now I'm going to show you and I'm going to test and everything you did in your body that wasn't because the word said to do it. It wasn't for the benefit of others and it wasn't for the glory of God necessarily. Uh, I'm going to consume it and it will burn up before you. Go, angel, apply the fire. And I think haystacks are going to be reduced to ashes. You're going to say, I did all this stuff. And he's going to say, that's what it was, stuff. None of it was the good works maybe I wanted. Or maybe there's some good works in there. And then you might go through all the eyes and say, hey, here's a few diamonds. Whoa, here's some gold. Well, what's that? Well, I, I gave a cup of cold water to someone in Jesus' name. One time I was willing to help kids. One time in Jesus' name I witnessed to a guy. 
One time I gave an offering just to promote Christ. One time I did something, my motive was just for his glory. I did that for his glory. I did that. Well, I didn't get a lot of results. I didn't have a lot of success, but I taught in his name. I can't name a hundred that got saved, but I did it. I, I even worked in a nursery because I thought it might help some woman hear the word of God and God saw the motive of my heart. Not because I wanted to get in there and change diapers, but because I wanted to set a sister free to hear the Bible. And he's going to say, you see that? You can't do anything in my name for my glory and not be rewarded. Everything you did for you, me, my, my benefit, my family, my house, my, he said, it all stinks to me. You, there's nothing beyond a pagan in what you did. I saved you and created you to do my work. When, if you've never signed up in this yoke, when did you get involved? Guilt is a terrible motivator because it wears off so quickly. But Paul said two things motivate him in this chapter. The fear of God in verse 11 and the love of God in verse 14. The fear of coming to this place and having nothing to show and then the love of Christ constrains me. I'll go as far as I can to share this good news. Mrs. Spurgeon was left an invalid in her 30s. A gynecologist damaged her in a uh, preliminary kind of surgery. They were trying, left her an invalid. Did not hear Charles preach for the last 20 years of his ministry but confined to a bed and being paralyzed from the waist down, she spent the rest of her years sending her husband's books to all the poor preachers of England. And she would write in the books compliments of Mrs. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. God had ordained from the foundation of the world that Mrs. Spurgeon would be his tool to get Spurgeon's sermons to those who couldn't buy them. Amy Carmichael, rescuing Indian girls in South Africa, left on temple steps to be eaten by rats and to be thrown into some river. She began to rescue those children off of those temple steps and started Amy Simple's orphanage for abandoned temple girls. Became ill in her last years, stayed in a sick bed for probably the last 15 years of her life. But she wrote her poetry. She kept writing to the donors. She kept up the orphanage. And she kept ministering from a sickbed. What would it take for you to get involved? If every one of us was involved in evangelism, did you know what? I think God's predestined this church. We ought to run a couple thousand more and we would still have made a bare dent in West County. I can only name you about four or five churches in the area that if we summed and totaled all of their attendance up, we wouldn't come up with 5,000. And yet within 10 miles of us is a quarter of a million people. We don't even run 1% of what the population is. We're far too small, too dinky. And some of you would say, oh, I hope we never go to two services. This has been the easiest schedule I've ever had. But I told the Lord this morning, if we had to go to five services, if it was to reach lost boys and girls and kids and see people find out Christ and have eternal life, we'll pay the price. 
we'll pay the price. We're not here for convenience. We're here to do the good works of reaching men and women with the gospel. Would you like to get involved? Are you aware that you've been made? You can't preach. Most folks are thankful for that. Uh, just a few of us are needed, maybe. But you can teach. You can work in the information booth. You can greet. You can give. You can pray. If you see any of our gray heads around here, if you're a young buck and you're about 35, you want to have a ministry, get around and get acquainted with our widows and help them to their car, especially in the evening service. And touch them real gentle and say, you know what? You're a person of worth. The color of your hair doesn't make you valuable. You're valuable. And these widows know how to cook. And you young bachelors need a good cook in your life. <laughs> well, it's going to be over someday. And we're going to stand before him. Just think today, if we all stood before him, what are you doing that he's going to reward? What are you going to do he's going to burn up? It's all up to you. All this other stuff is kid games. Stuff. Stuff headed for the Richmond Dump. Go out there if you want to see what your life is going to count for if you don't do God's works. You go out to the city dump, you got refrigerators, you got colored TVs, you got all this stuff that people fought over, just fought to get the clicker. They fought to make the payments. They fought over what kind they'd get. They fought over this, this and that. And then all of a sudden it's a piece of junk. He said, that's what I poured all of it. I've made payments on that for 36 months. And now it's in the garbage heap. And that is going to be the picture of human life that does any work but the work of God. It's all headed for a garbage dump. Only one life to soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Our Father, you have created us to do good works. May you deliver us if we're lazy if we're disobedient, if we're living on excuse alley, excuse, 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 and someday the judge will examine all of our reasons, what will your answer be? Some of the saints today could be head over heels in sin and disobedience. They're doing their own thing. They've not yet offered their body to be available to do your thing. They're missing out. Father, I don't want them just guilty because it won't last. They've heard many a sermon that says you ought to get with it. I would that the Spirit would arrest them and show them the meaning and purpose they can have in life if they would but do God's will, God's way, for God's glory. For the happiest people on this planet are those doing the good works that you plan for us to do. What a wonderful way. If there's anyone here today as a believer that has never turned over the control of their life to you and never uh, taken the challenge to say, I'm going to find out what you've made me for, Lord, I ask you, change their life, bring them to a brand new, brand new commitment to do your will and your work. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Pastor Phil Howard here in our series, God's Design for Life, getting a clue, an understanding, an idea of just how much God really loves us and the design that he has for your life and mine. 
This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. And as we conclude our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that there might be those of you who would enjoy hearing this program again. As always, we have copies available on CD. Simply call or write to us or stop by our website. You can reach us by phone at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.org. As you contact us, please bear in mind that we do continue this radio broadcast here on this station through the generous support of Truth For Today sustainers, folks just like you. With your dollars, as you partner with us financially, we'll provide to you, as our way of saying thanks, a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. It's all available for you as you partner with us financially. And speaking of, for the last 20 years, Truth For Today has been here on this radio station. It's our way of saying thank you for being a part of that ministry for the last 20 years. We would invite you to save the date and join us. June 4th, that's a Saturday, 4.30 to 7.30 here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules at the Family Life Center. It's a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry since 1997. I mean, that's, that's almost 20 years, right? What an amazing time we've had growing in grace and we trust you've been blessed by this time together. If so, again, mark it on your calendar and plan on joining us. June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 for Valley Bible Church's Family Life Center celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry. For more information, give us a call. Our phone number, once again, is 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.